Hello, and welcome to the African American Hour. I'm Rosemary Anque, bringing you readings from the following publications. The Associated Press, The Community Voice, Blavity News, Ebony, WKYT News Staff, The Root, The Griot, and News One. Today, I'll begin with an article titled, South African Doctors See Signs Omicron is Milder Than Delta, by the Associated Press, The Community Voice, December 11th, 2021. As the Omicron variant sweeps through South Africa, Dr. Unben Pillay, U-N-B-E-N-P-I-L-L-A-Y, is seeing dozens of sick patients a day, yet he hasn't had to send anyone to the hospital. That's one of the reasons why he, along with other doctors and medical experts, suspect that the Omicron version really is causing milder COVID-19 than Delta, even if it seems to be spreading faster. They are able to manage the disease at home, Pillay said of his patients. Most have recovered within the 10 to 14 day isolation period. And that includes older patients and those with health problems that can make them more vulnerable to becoming severely ill from a coronavirus infection, he said. In the two weeks since Omicron first was reported in Southern Africa, other doctors have shared similar stories. All caution that it will take many more weeks to collect enough data to be sure their observations and the early evidence offer some clues. According to South Africa's National Institute for Communicable Diseases, only 30% of those hospitalized with COVID-19 in recent weeks have been seriously ill, less than half the rate as during the first weeks of previous pandemic waves. Average hospital stays in COVID-19 have been shorter this time, about 2.8 days compared to eight days. Just 3% of patients hospitalized recently with COVID-19 have died versus about 20% in the country's earlier outbreaks. At the moment, virtually everything points toward it being a milder disease. Willem Hanekom, W-I-L-L-E-M-H-A-N-E-K-O-M, director of the Africa Health Research Institute said, citing the National Institute's figures and other reports. It's early days and we need to get the final data. Often hospitalizations and deaths happen later and we are only two weeks into this wave. In the meantime, scientists around the world are watching case counts and hospitalization rates while testing to see how well current vaccines and treatments hold up. While Delta is still the dominant coronavirus strain worldwide, Omicron cases are popping up in dozens of countries with South Africa as the epicenter. Pillay practices in the country's Gauteng, G-A-U-T-E-N-G province, where the Omicron version has taken hold. 
With 16 million residents, it's South Africa's most populous province and includes the largest city, Johannesburg, and the capital, Pretoria. Gauteng saw a 400% rise in new cases in the first week of December, and testing shows Omicron is responsible for more than 90% of them, according to health officials. Pillay says his COVID-19 patients during the last Delta wave had trouble breathing and lower oxygen levels. Many needed hospitalization within days, he said. The patients he's treating now have milder flu-like symptoms, such as body aches and a cough, he said. Pele is a director of an association representing some 5,000 general practitioners across South Africa, and his colleagues have documented similar observations about Omicron. NetCare, the largest private health care provider, is also reporting less severe cases of COVID-19, but the number of cases is climbing. South Africa confirmed 22,400 new cases on Thursday and 19,000 on Friday, up from about 200 per day a few weeks ago. The new surge has infected 90,000 people in the past month. Minister of Health Joe Fala, P-H-A-A-H-L-A, said Friday. Omicron has driven the resurgent, Fala said, citing studies that say 70% of new cases nationwide are from Omicron. The coronavirus reproduction rate in the current wave, indicating the number of people likely to be infected by one person, is 2.5, the highest that South Africa has recorded during the pandemic, he said. Because this is such a transmissible variant, we're seeing increases like we've never seen before, said Wasila Jasset, W-A-A-S-I-L-A-J-A-S-S-A-T, who tracks hospital data for the National Institute for Communicable Diseases. Of the patients hospitalized in the current wave, 86% weren't vaccinated against the coronavirus, Jasset said. The COVID patients in South Africa's hospitals now also are younger than at other periods of the pandemic. About two-thirds are under 40. Jasset said even though the early signs are that Omicron cases are less severe, the volume of new COVID-19 cases may still overwhelm South Africa's hospitals and result in a higher number of severe symptoms and deaths. That is the danger always with the waves, he said. This article is titled, South African Doctors See Signs Omicron is Milder Than Delta by the Associated Press, The Community Voice, December 11th, 2021. The next article is titled, Several Tornadoes Have Devastated Parts of Midwest and South with over 70 deaths confirmed in Kentucky by Rashad Grove, G-R-O-V-E, Ebony, 
December 12, 2021. A series of devastating tornadoes that touched down on central and southern United States late Friday into early Saturday has claimed the lives of over 80 people and counting, CNN reports. According to meteorologists, over 30 tornadoes have touched down across at least six states, including Missouri, Tennessee, and Mississippi, stretching more than 250 miles from Arkansas to Kentucky. The greatest impact of the storms so far caused the collapse of an occupied candle factory in Kentucky, an Amazon warehouse in western Illinois, and a nursing home in Arkansas, killing people in each community and leaving responders scrambling to rescue others. Governor Andy Bashir, B-E-S-H-E-A-R of Kentucky, said the bluegrass state has never experienced destruction like this before. I'm pretty sure that the number killed in Kentucky is north of 70. It may in fact exceed 100 before the day is done, Bashir said. The level of devastation is unlike anything I've ever seen. In the city of Mayfield, Kentucky, a tornado hit the Mayfield Consumer Products candle factory Friday night while people were still working. Around 110 people were inside and dozens are feared dead there, Bashir added. They rescued 40, he said at a news conference Saturday afternoon. There's at least 15 feet of metal with cars on top of it barrels of corrosive chemicals that are there. In Dawson Springs, which has a population of around 2,700, Bashir noted, they're going to lose a whole lot of people. One block from my grandparents' house, there is no house standing and we don't know where all those people are. 12 children are among the fatalities in Warren County, Kentucky. The coroner's office confirmed Saturday afternoon. Kentucky state officials, along with the National Guard, are being deployed for house-to-house -house searches and debris removal for the areas most impacted, Bashir said. I want to thank every local emergency management employee, police officer, firefighter, and first responder. This has been one of the toughest nights in Kentucky history. It's hard to put into words, he said in a later statement. Remember, each of these lost lives are children of God, irreplaceable to their families and communities. But we will make it through this. We will rebuild. We are strong, resilient people, and we're going to be there every step of the way. This is one state standing strong. Bashir has declared a state of emergency. Although Kentucky has not yet released a total death toll, numerous deaths have been reported in Arkansas, two, Tennessee, four, Illinois, six, and Missouri, two. We extend our prayers and condolences to the family and friends of all those who lost their lives. The next article is titled, How to Help Western Kentucky 
After Devastating Tornadoes by WKYT Newstaff, December 11th, 2021. Lexington, Kentucky, WKYT. In the wake of the deadly storm that devastated Western Kentucky, many local groups and organizations have taken the initiative to help those affected. Here's how to get involved. Team Western Kentucky Tornado Relief Fund. Governor Bashir has established the Team Western Kentucky Tornado Relief Fund to assist those impacted by the tornado. All donations to the Team Western Kentucky Tornado Relief Fund are tax deductible and donors will receive a receipt for tax purposes after donating. Community Foundation of West Kentucky. The CFWK is taking monetary donations to support recovery efforts. You can either donate or mail a check to Community Foundation of West Kentucky, CFWK Disaster Relief Fund, P.O. Box 7, P-A-D-U-C-A-H, Kentucky. For Western Kentucky Toy Drive, First Lady Brittany Bashir announced a toy drive. Organizers ask that toys be unwrapped and in original packaging. You can donate $25 gift cards. The state asks for no clothing as part of this drive. Ronald McDonald House of Kentuckiana and the Blue Grass. The Ronald McDonald House of Louisville and Lexington are collecting donations. The list includes baby formula, baby wipes, batteries, diapers, all sizes, disinfectant wipes, feminine hygiene supplies, flashlights, Gatorade, gas cards, gloves, new blankets, new pillows, paper towels, toilet paper, trash bags, and water. Kentucky Red Cross. The nonprofit organization is taking donations for Mayfield's recovery. The Red Cross and their partners are working around the clock to help those in need and make sure everyone has a safe place to stay, food to eat, critical relief supplies, emotional support, and comfort. Kentucky Blood Drive. Giving blood is an opportunity to give the community in a very real way. Even though the process is simple, and doesn't require much time at all, people in those communities still need regular blood donors. Visit their website for more donation about donating blood to those in need. KEDC, Kentucky Education Development Corporation. They are assisting by stuffing buses and vans with toys, water, etc. for the Western Kentucky tornado victims. They are collecting donations all week and hope to deliver their collections on Monday, the 20th. Starting Monday through Friday of next week, KEDC is accepting donations at their Ashland office, 904 Rose Road, Ashland, and Lexington office, 118 James Court, Suite 60. Kentucky Branded. The local clothing shop recently released a new shirt for sale on their website. They will have 100% of the net proceeds being donated to affected communities in Western Kentucky. Shop local.
they immediately went into action this morning and created new Kentucky Strong shirts to raise funds for those affected by the tornadoes. They will be donating 100% of the net proceeds from these tees to the state of Kentucky's Western Kentucky Tornado Relief Fund, still being established to directly help those affected. Kentucky Baptist Disaster Relief. More than 2,500 individuals are trained as Kentucky Baptist Disaster Relief workers. Volunteers can staff feeding units designed to deliver thousands of hot meals on short notice, move in with chainsaws to help remove debris, do the dirty work of helping families remove mud from flooded homes and provide many other disaster relief services. They are currently taking donations towards disaster relief efforts in the aftermath of Western Kentucky tornadoes. The company has mobilized utility line workers from across their operating area to assist in restoring power to those impacted by the events of last night. They are prepared to aid in the recovery efforts and help return the affected communities to a sense of normalcy as quickly as possible. Anderson County Sheriff's Office. They will be accepting items to help the citizens of Mayfield Graves County who were displaced and suffering from last night tornadoes. Mayfield Police Department. They are currently taking donations which can be dropped off at Northside Baptist Church. Items that are needed include men, women's and children's clothing, coats, sweatshirts, jackets, socks, underwear, cleaning supplies, and hygiene items. Georgetown Fire Department is now working with emergency management to gather resources and plan to provide more assistance as needed. Fayette County Sheriff's Office is also collecting donations. Bourbon Community, Kentucky Sports Radio, and Kentucky Chamber Foundation are all supporting this movement. This article is titled, How to Help Western Kentucky After Devastating Tornadoes by WKYT News Staff, December 11th, 2021. The next article is titled, First Long Acting Option, HIV Prevention, Approved for Use by The Community Voice, December 11th, 2021. The first long-acting option to protect women from HIV has been recommended for use by the World Health Organization, WHO. For nearly two decades, researchers from the School of Pharmacy at Queen's University, Belfast, have been supporting development of a new drug-releasing vaginal ring to protect women from infection with a human immunodeficiency virus, HIV. It will be the first long-acting option that women can use to reduce their risk of HIV transmission, representing an important milestone in prevention technologies. The monthly Dapiverni ring, D-A-P-I-V-I-R-I-N-E, developed by the International Partnership for Microbicides, M-I-C-R-O-B-I-C-I-D-E-S, IPM, with critical research and development support by Queen's University Belfast, 
and other organizations is expected to reach market in 2022 in sub-Saharan Africa, where women's needs for urgent prevention is needed. HIV, which if left untreated, leads to acquired immunodeficiency syndrome, AIDS, is a major global disease and remains a leading threat to women's health and well-being worldwide. According to recent estimates, 37.7 million people globally were living with HIV in 2020. Despite global progress against the epidemic, HIV AIDS continues to be one of the primary causes of death among women of reproductive age in sub-Saharan Africa. The ring is made of silicon elastomer, a flexible rubber-like material that is easy to insert and comfortable to use. The sustained delivery of the antiretroviral drug, Dapiverni, has previously been shown to reduce HIV infection in two large-scale clinical trials. Professors in the School of Pharmacy at Queen's University, Belfast, have long been involved in developing tools for women, including different types of vaginal rings, and are collaborators with the not-for-profit International Partnership for Microbicides, IPM, to develop a range of products designed to protect women against HIV and unintended pregnancy, with a focus on the need for solutions that are long-acting and female-controlled. The IPM and the Microbicide Trials Network conducted two large-scale randomized clinical trials that found the ring to reduce the overall risk of HIV-1 infection in women by 35% and 27% respectively. Further studies and improved risk reduction of about 50%. Queen's researchers are also working on a product providing continuous release of two drugs, Dapiverni and Levonogestrel, L-E-V-O-N-O-R-G-E-S-T-R-E-L, over three months for protection against both sexually transmitted HIV infection and unintended pregnancy. This article is titled, First Long-Acting Option, HIV Prevention, Approved for Youth by the Community Voice, December 11, 2021. The next article is titled, Grambling State University Hires Ex-NFL Head Coach Hugh Jackson by Dante Ramos, Blavity, December 10, 2021. After signing a four-year contract with the institution, Grambling State University celebrates its new head coach, Hugh Jackson. The former Las Vegas Raiders and Cleveland Browns head coach will replace the prior head coach, Broderick Fobbs, F-O-B-B-S, who was fired after eight years with the Tigers. Grambling State University President Richard J. Gallot, G-A-L-L-O-T, Jr., and Vice President of Intercollegiate of Athletics, Dr. Travion Scott, announced Hugh Jackson as the 14th head football coach in Tiger history. It's such an amazing day at Grambling, and to see students represented here, to see faculty and staff, to see alumni and former G-men who have assembled here today, 
Gallet said, it is great to see everyone who is here to witness the naming of our new leader of our football program. Jackson previously worked with Tennessee State University as their wide receiver coach and offensive coordinator. With Jackson taking his talents to Grambling's program, he's another NFL coach joining HBCU's athletic programs. Other NFL Hall of Famers include Deion Saunders, Jackson State University head coach, and Eddie George coaches Tennessee State. In the decades that I've known this university, from the time of my youth in North Baton Rouge, I can vividly recall attending my first Bayou Classic at the age of five, eating peanuts in the terrace section of the Louisiana Superdome, Scott said. I can also vividly remember watching until the day I was named athletic director and every day since, he continued. One constant that I know will never change. Grambling State University fans love a winner. I know GSU fans will love Hugh Jackson. Despite the excitement surrounding the Tigers' future, members of the football team are speaking out against the school's president. Dr. Jim Henderson, president of the Louisiana System and Board Regents, received a letter from the team asking for an in-depth investigation and sharing their vote of no confidence for USA President Gallat. The team is accusing Gallat of mistreatment, lack of institutional control, and the possibility of misappropriation of funds and lack of financial support for GSU's football team. The team is also displeased with their weight room due to outdated equipment and broken weights. The Tigers communicated their experience with the Institution Sport Medicine Division, citing failure to give them tape and water during practices, misdiagnosing injuries, and not giving timely medical attention and providing a clean environment. We've had three consecutive years of no findings in our audits. Our finances are in great shape, Gallat said. I've always maintained an open door policy to all students who'd like to meet with me and address any campus concerns they may have. The letter accuses Gallat as the main contributor to the decline of Grambling State University football that used to be the Black Notre Dame, an icon of historically Black colleges and universities, HBCUs, in the state of Louisiana and the nation. This article is titled, Grambling State University, hires ex-NFL head coach Hugh Jackson by Dante Ramos, Blavity, December 10, 2021. The next article is titled, Rachel Rollins confirmed as Massachusetts' first black woman U.S. attorney after Vice President Kamala Harris breaks Senate tie by Brianna Bell, Blavity, December 9, 2021. Vice President Kamala Harris gave the deciding vote on Wednesday confirming Boston's top prosecutor, Rachel Rollins, as Massachusetts' first black woman U.S. attorney. According to AP News, Rollins earned her new position by a 51-50 vote after weeks of voting. The Senate Judiciary Committee hearings vote in December left in an 11-11 tie along party lines 
which led to Wednesday's final vote. Rollins responded to the news via a statement saying that she was honored and humbled to be granted the opportunity to deliver data-driven, evidence-based approaches on the federal level. The famed prosecutor, who hails from Suffolk County, said that violent crimes have gone down significantly within her jurisdiction, more than 20% from the five-year average. The decrease has been noted as exemplary amid other cities experience large jumps in violence. Every policy and initiative that I have put in place as Suffolk County District Attorney has been designed to improve the safety and well-being of the communities I serve, to improve the public's trust in law enforcement and our courts, and to improve the fairness and equity of the criminal legal system, she said in her statement. Rollins' appointment makes her the first black woman to hold the office for Massachusetts, but it is not her first time breaking through the glass ceiling. She was previously elected in 2018 as the first woman of color to take over as Suffolk County District Attorney. Republican Governor Charlie Baker will select her successor once her term ends in 2022. Republican senators, including Arkansas Senator Tom Cotton were against her appointment and have criticized Rollins for being too soft on criminals in her approach to tackling crime. Her confirmation as U.S. attorney would put Americans in danger, Cotton's spokesperson said in October. Rollins' appointment prompted the partisan face-off in the divided Senate over Biden's executive and judicial branch the Boston Globe reports. The Republican opposition pushed the Senate to hold its first roll call vote to confirm a U.S. attorney since 1975. This article was titled Rachel Rollins, confirmed as Massachusetts' first black woman U.S. attorney after Vice President Kamala Harris breaks Senate tie by Brianna Bell, Blavity, December 9th, 2021. The next article is titled, Georgia-Based Initiative in Her Hands, Plans to Provide Black Women with $850 Cash, No Strings Attached, by Alexandra Jane, The Root, December 12, 2021. Black women aren't just deserving of their flowers, they're deserving of their coins, guaranteed government-issued, no-strings-attached coins. Well, friends, I'm happy to spread the good news today that at least somebody is out here getting the memo. The somebody I speak of is in fact a Georgia-based program by the name of In Her Hands, an initiative that plans to give $850 in cash per month to 650 low-income Black women for two years, let the church say. The guaranteed income pilot launches early in 2022 and will be the greatest of its kind, distributing more than $13 million by the time it is concluded. The pilot will also study just how untethered cash grants benefit recipients, not only financially, but mentally as well. Because let's face it, while self-care Sundays and massage parties 
continue to trend, so does suicide among Black women and girls. The effort is led by the Georgia Resilience and Opportunity Fund and the nonprofit organization Give Directly, who is responsible for continued fundraising. The collective made the informed decision to launch the program in Atlanta while supporting other suburban, rural, and suburban areas. Not surprisingly, despite its multi-million dollar mansions and being home to some of the most affluent Black folks in the nation, Black women residents are nearly twice as likely to live in poverty as white women. Black women are among the most likely groups to experience cash shortfalls that make covering basic needs difficult. This isn't the result of poor choices. It's the result of pervasive economic insecurity that has the sharpest impacts on women and communities of color. Hope Wallensack, W-O-L-L-E-N-S-A-C-K, executive director of the GRO Fund, stated in a press release, support for similar programs are constantly having to disprove that poverty and how it impacts Black women specifically is largely due to systematic barriers that result in financial insecurities. On the Give Directly website, the program also addresses other frequently asked questions, such as whether or not there will be financial literacy training provided to the participants. Again, this initiative and the research conducted prior to its launch report that Black women in poverty are not facing these conditions due to a failure to budget properly. It doesn't matter how well you can budget when your income consistently lags behind the cost of providing for basic needs for yourself and your family, the website reads. Community members identified reoccurring cash relief as a key tool to get them off the hamster wheel of persistent debt. The program is also not invested in keeping track of how and where the money is spent. Participants of a similar program, Magnolia Mothers Trust in Mississippi, which gave $1,000 per month to black moms for one year, stated that the cash made a significant difference in their lives. And that is the point, the only point. While participants have been selected for the program, you can still donate to the fund. The stimmies may have run out, but there is hope yet for the most vulnerable among us. This article is titled, Georgia-Based Initiative, In Her Hands, Plans to Provide Black Women with $850 Cash, No Strings Attached, by Alexandra Jane, The Root, December 12th, 2021. The next article is titled Boys to Men, themed movie musical, Brotherly in Development by Jared Alexander, the Grio, December 6, 2021. Boys to Men fans rejoice. The R&B supergroups catalog is reportedly getting the movie musical treatment with an Amazon Studios film. Per the Hollywood Reporter's synopsis, Brotherly follows a group of men who will return to West Philadelphia for a high school reunion 20 years after having gone their separate ways, eventually finding hope, redemption, 
and a new understanding of the enduring powers of friendship. All three current members of Boys to Men, Nathan Morris, Wanya Morris, and Sean Stockman, are executive producing the project Malcolm D. Lee, in quotes, Space Jam, A New Legacy Girl Strip, is producing the project and is currently in talks to direct as well, per The Hollywood Reporter. The film will be written by Marcus Gardley, G-A-R-D-L-E-Y, who wrote the upcoming The Color Purple musical adaptation, as well as What's Going On, the Marvin Gaye biopic. Boys to Men is known for some of the biggest singles of the 1990s, with hits like End of the Road, I'll Make Love to You, and One Sweet Day with Mariah Carey, dominating the charts. The legendary group has four Grammy Awards under its belt and a career that spans three decades. The film announcement comes during a particularly busy week for the band, as they are set to appear in ABC's A Very Boy Band Holiday. The special sees members of NSYNC, New Edition, NKOTB, Boys to Men, 98 Degrees, and O-Town come together to spread some holiday cheer. Per the press release obtained by People, the singers will rock the holiday with classic tunes and their group's greatest holiday hits. The special also features new music, including a holiday tune from Wanya Morris and NSYNC's Joey Fatone, F-A-T-O-N-E, A Very Boy Band Holiday, airs December 6th at 8 p.m. EST on ABC. This article is titled, Boys to Men, Themed Movie Musical, Brotherly in Development, by Jared Alexander, The Griot, December 6, 2021. The next article is titled, Carol's Daughter and Mama Glow Foundation Strive to Make Duala Support Accessible, by News One Staff, December 12, 2021. The Black maternal health crisis is a pressing issue that is indicative of the racial disparities that permeate the public health system, and an initiative has been launched to address inequities. Carol's daughter has teamed up with Mama Glow Foundation to provide resources and support for Black birthing people as they navigate their pregnancy journeys. Research shows that Black women are three times more likely to die from pregnancy-related complications than white women. Through the initiative dubbed Love Delivered, the beauty brand and the reproductive justice-focused nonprofit will donate 225000 over the next three years to fund Douala services for Black families in need and Douala education grants for individuals interested in providing support during birth. The Douala services are open to expecting or postpartum people in Washington, D.C., New York City, Los Angeles, Miami, and Atlanta, and will expand to other major cities throughout the country. There will also be an array of maternal health-related forms, webinars, and events to spread awareness about the crisis. Through Love Delivered, Carol's Daughter founder Lisa Price and Mama Glow Foundation creator Latham Thomas aim to cultivate a community of about 10,000 advocates and educate 
100 million people about black maternal health by 2024. Birth is meant to be a joyful, transcendent and empowering event, Thomas said in a statement. Everyone deserves to have access to safe, affordable, respectful and dignified care throughout the perinatal continuum. Mama Glow Duala's approach care from a trauma-informed framework and can help to support families impacted by injustice and inequity, grounding them with tools for advocacy, healing, transformation, and empowerment. Price added she hopes more Black birthing people are heard and supportive, and most of all, lives are saved through the effort. News about the Love Delivered grant comes months after Morehouse School of Medicine launched an initiative centered on exploring the origins of racial health inequities and their impact on Black maternal health. This article is titled, Carol's Daughter and Mama Glow Foundation Strive to Bake Duala Support Accessible by News One staff, December 12, 2021. The next article is titled, Pharrell Williams tells graduating Norfolk State class to act like the emerging majority by Alexandra Jane The Root, December 12, 2021. Okay, Dr. Williams, this weekend, super producer Pharrell Williams received an honorary doctorate from Norfolk State University after he gave the commencement speech to the graduating fall class. I didn't attend Norfolk State but I was always present, Williams said. I am honored to have made this part of my work, my story, and still today, I can't wait to see how far you amazing, impressive graduates of Norfolk State, how far you'll go. He was also named an honorary member of the school's marching band, an honor that brought the happy singer to shed a few happy tears, according to the Associated Press. As Virginia high school graduate, Williams reflected on his memories of the HBCU band. I wanted to be able to make people feel the way Norfolk State Band made me feel, he said. During his speech, Williams took time to acknowledge the ways in which the city of Norfolk recognizes and respects past and local heroes. Norfolk will not be the city that limits its people own potential, but instead it will feed it, he says. He also urged graduates to patronize local businesses as a way of giving back and to refrain from calling themselves minorities. We are the emerging majority, he said. Don't wait until election day. Vote with your wallets today, tomorrow, and the next day. Aside from the inspirational words offered this weekend, we're also just happy to see Pharrell back in Virginia. His relationship with the city of Virginia Beach took a deep dive in the spring after his cousin was shot by the police. It was only two weeks ago that the grand jury made the determination that the killing of William's cousin was just. In response to the handling of the investigation, the producer is refusing to bring back his annual music festival, something in the water, to the city's beachfront. Neither officer present at the shooting had their body cameras turned on. We are pleased to see a sunnier side developing for the man who keeps our heads nodding through the decades. This article is titled, Pharrell Williams tells graduating Norfolk State class 
to act like the emerging majority by Alexandra Jane, The Root, December 12th, 2021. The next article is titled, Wichita Paraeducators Program is Addressing Black Achievement Gap by Malcolm Carter, The Community Voice, December 17th, 2021. For years, young black boys have scored lower on standardized tests, dropped out of high school at a higher rate, and are less likely to complete college than their white counterparts. Juanita Ridge, a paraeducator at Stucky, S-T-U-C-K-Y, middle school, strives to close this long-standing racial achievement gap through the award-winning classroom program she introduced in the Wichita Public Schools. The racial achievement gap refers to disparities in educational achievement between different racial groups. According to a Stanford study, the results of such disparities show up in test scores. On average, white students score 1.5 to two grade levels higher than black students. And in the nation's most segregated districts, the gaps are much larger. While efforts to close racial achievement gaps have increased over the years with varying success, studies have shown that racial disparities still exist despite the efforts. For her award-winning classroom program, Ridge identifies with the administration at Stuckey Middle School classrooms that would most benefit from the program. As a paraeducator, Ridge works along several teachers, helping with one-on-one -on -one tutoring and assisting with explaining instructional materials and behavioral management, especially for the school's black boys. Each AWC student is required to complete a weekly self-evaluation with a potential to gain 400 points in a week. Students earn points by staying on task and practicing good behavior upon entering the classroom. Every two weeks, points are totaled and students who score high have the first pick at various treats, badges, and a class pizza party. Having Mrs. Ridge and AWC in the classroom has been a benefit that our African-American students have gained from because of the positivity and responsibility that this program provides, and it teaches confidence, said Angela Thomas, a sixth grade history teacher at Stuckey. This program has added so much fun and excitement to everyone. I have a great reward slash consequence plan that I use each year. But adding the AWC has made our classroom atmosphere simply amazing. Ridge stated that teaching students good classroom conduct and holding them accountable for their behavior will keep them out of the principal's office, out of detention, and out of the harsh school-to-prison pipeline. Each student deserves to have a learning environment where they can reach their fullest potential because when behaviors are in check, Learning is magical, said Ridge. The AWC program helps our black boys stay in the classroom while striving to dismantle the school to prison pipeline, a pipeline that has a devastating impact on families of color. The school to prison pipeline refers to the national trend of isolating, punishing, and 
pushing students out of schools and into the juvenile and criminal justice system. Zero tolerance policies criminalize minor infractions of school rules, and black students in particular face harsher punishments than white students in public schools. According to the ACLU, while black students account for 16% of public school enrollment, they make up for 42% of all students who have been suspended multiple times and represent nearly a third of all in-school arrests. Ridge believes that many of these children have learning challenges or have a history of impoverishment or neglect and would benefit from additional educational and psychological programs. It is difficult to overstate the current predicament of African-American boys and young men in the educational system today. Our black youth are in crisis and they urgently need our help, said Ridge. In USD 259 high schools, black males have the lowest graduation rate across all races and genders, with only 74.2% graduating in four years, versus 86.1% for white males and 84.5% for black females. Programs like AWC can help reach young black boys before they enter high school, teaching them self-control techniques and self-empowerment while stressing the value of obtaining a high school diploma. Ridge has worked as a community advocate and educator in Wichita's USD 259 school districts for over 25 years and believes in the power of making black students feel included and appreciated in the classroom. For more information or to support the award-winning classroom program, visit https semicolon front slash front slash award-winning classrooms. This article is titled Wichita Paraeducator Program is Addressing Black Achievement Gap by Malcolm Carter, The Community Voice, December 17, 2021. The next article is titled Five HBCU Initiatives Spreading Holiday Cheer by Giving Back to Their Community This Season by Nick Fenley, Blavity News, December 17, 2021. Traditionally, many people view the holidays as a time to give back. And while the country is full of people in need year round, no time is more apparent than during the holiday season. Like many other entities, several HBCUs have recently held charitable efforts to provide for children and families, such as North Carolina's AT&T Winter Wishes in Aggieland event, as Blavity previously reported. However, some of these efforts aren't getting the attention they deserve. So we've compiled a list of five HBCU initiatives about doing positive work for the community. Alabama State University, ASU, recently continued its 11-year tradition of putting ASU Letide, an effort that provides clothing and toys for children in need. In partnership with the Hands on River Region's Christmas Clearinghouse, the event provided gifts for 78 kids from 16 different families. 
We are so happy that we can continue to have ASU Tide giving with the faculty, staff, and all of our administrators participating to ensure that we make Christmas a very special Christmas for many families within our community. ASU's president, Dr. Quinton T. Ross Jr. said, we are blessed here at Alabama State University to be a blessing to others. Two New Orleans-based HBCUs teamed up this month in the name of supporting local youth, specifically D. Joan Mitchell and Kirsten McGowan, aka Miss Dillard and Miss Xavier University, spearheaded Christmas with the Queens, a competition to see which school can raise more money for Christmas gifts. Both HBCUs have 10 days to see who can raise the most money. The Christmas with the Queens announcement read, everyone is welcome to participate and support their favorite HBCUs. The initiative will continue until Saturday. There's nothing wrong with a little competition, especially if it's for a good cause. In the spirit of the holiday season, Virginia State University VSU administrators put on VSU Gives Back on Thursday. Through this initiative, the administrators each donated one new bicycle, ultimately collecting over 30 bikes for children in Petersburg, Virginia. VSU partnered with the city for the effort, and Mayor Samuel Parham, P-A-R-H-A-M, expressed his gratitude in a statement shortly after the event was concluded. The city of Petersburg thanks VSU leadership team for their contribution of bicycles to children in need in Petersburg. Too many children often make do with hand-me-downs, he said. By donating these bikes, VSU is giving many disadvantaged children an uplifting experience of receiving and enjoying something new during the holiday season. Eight Florida AMU FAMU students spread their holiday spirit last week through a community service event called Rattler Radiance. The initiative included the FAMU students gifting black beauty products to a group of 10 elementary aged girls. It featured activities like hair braiding and nail painting. Notably, the college students also spoke to the young girls about the power of education and the future opportunities that lie ahead. The young ladies were overjoyed when they received their gifts explaining why they adored them and what they intended to do with them, recalled Teresa Jean-Baptiste, a FAMU pharmaceutical student. The result of this event exceeded my expectations because I learned more than just about FAMU. I learned that the children in our community are the next generation of rattlers and we must protect and uplift them, she added. Hampton University, HU decided to acknowledge the upcoming Christmas holiday by giving out cold, hard cash. The Virginia-based HBCU specifically provided all faculty and staff with a $200 appreciation bonus, a truly handy gift as many people finish up their last-minute gift buying. On top of the appreciation bonus, the university is also raising its campus minimum wage to $15 an hour, effective at the start of 2022. Resultingly, the entire on-campus employee community essentially got a small financial boost as a holiday acknowledgement. It brings me joy to extend greetings to you during the holiday, HU President 
Dr. William R. Harvey said, this year's holiday season is even more meaningful because of the many changes that we have experienced over the last year due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The holiday season is a time of sharing. In that spirit, I'm giving every Hampton University employee an appreciation bonus of $200 as a Christmas gift and the university is increasing the minimum wage from $13 an hour to $15 an hour, effective January 1st, 2022, Harvey continued. It is my hope that the appreciation bonus and the wage increase will be beneficial to you and your family. Let's take these HBCU-led initiatives as inspiration to continue to give back to our communities this holiday season. This article was titled, Five HBCU Initiatives Spreading Holiday Cheer by Giving Back to Their Community This Season by Nick Fenley, Blavity News, December 1st, 2021. That's all the time we have for the African American Hour. My name is Rosemary Onkley. Thanks for joining me.